Welcome to the Grace Point Church Podcast. Here at Grace Point Church, we believe in meeting people where they are and leading them to where God wants them to be. Join us now as we listen to this week's message. Last weekend was an interesting weekend for me. Uh, I, was at, uh, I was at the mall, which I'm not normally at the mall, but I was at the mall uh, with my daughter, and she was shopping, and I was carrying bags. While we were at one of the stores, and all of a sudden, the young man who came up to us, and he said, you have to go into the back room. And I, why do I have to go into the back room? Well, apparently, there was a man spotted walking around the mall with a gun, and there were lots of police there, and there was lots of SWAT there, and so they, had, they wanted all of us to go into the back room where we would be safe. And uh, so we got locked into the stock room for about 40 minutes until um, the police said that it was all clear and that you could go. Now, we saw the police walking around the mall. I completely put my faith and trust in this guy when he says, excuse me, can you go into this back room that I'm going to lock you in for an unknown amount of time because somewhere someone has a gun? And I did it anyway. Because that little tag that he was wearing said, I have some authority and you can trust me. And it's weird. I was thinking about this. It's weird the things that we allow ourselves to put our faith and trust in. That someone could just come up to you and say, hey, I work here. I need you to go into this back room. And we would do it. And everybody did. There was like 35 people in that little room. The reason that I thought about that for this morning is that, you know, we are in the, the second week of our series, Five Things That God Uses to Grow Your Faith. And last week, we started by asking a simple question. We started by saying, now, imagine for a moment what it would be like if you lived your life with total and complete and unshakable trust in God. Imagine what that would be like. That no matter what happens in your life, that you would know without a doubt. Now, this is whether you have been a Christian your entire life, or if you're sitting here today because, or you're watching us online because someone has dragged you here, or, or is like you're trapped in the car and they've got the thing going and you can't do anything about it, so you have to listen to me. I mean, there's some reason that you're here. So if you're, you're here and you've been a Christian forever, or you're not a Christian, everybody, just imagine for a moment what that would be like. That if you knew without a doubt that, number one, there was a God, that he did exist. Number two, that not only was he a God, but he was a personal God, that he knew everything about your life and that he cared everything about everything in your life. And number three, that not only was he God and a personal God that knew about you, but that you would never, ever, ever question. And you would always know that he was always with you and that he would never leave you and that he would work everything out in your life in a way that would be best for you. Imagine for a moment, if you really believe that, that as you went through your life and the bad things would come, that you would go, man, all this bad stuff is happening, but yes, I believe that God has a plan, that there is something in all this that's supposed to work out. Or maybe that, that things would be absolutely great in your life, like everything seems to just be falling into place, and you could still say, yes, absolutely. I look back on it and I can see that God is in all of that, in everything that's happening to me, good or bad, whether I am in, in complete joy and happiness or whether I can't figure out what my next step should be. 
And that, that faith and that trust in him wasn't just denial. Like some people, we don't even want to think about the possibility that there isn't a God. Maybe we were raised in church and, and we've been told from a very small age all the way up into adulthood that you don't have any option but to believe that there is a God. And so we, we talk the talk. We say, yes, I believe. Yes, I have faith. But really what we're doing is we're just saying, I just don't want to think about it. And we live our lives as if there is no God, even though we say that there is one and that we really believe him. So what would that be like? To live your life like that. Total, complete, unshakable, unquestioned trust that there was a God, that he knew you, and that he was with you and working with you in every area of your life. Now, some of you may have known people or know people who are in your life right now or maybe in your past who were like this. Who things would happen in their lives and they would just always have a smile. That everything would, would when you ask them about it, they would say, yeah, you know, this is a rough time right now. But I am just so happy because I have God in my life. And you see them and you try to, to get them to see what your, your perspective is. So you give them more information. Well, have you thought about this? You know, medical science today says that this could never happen. It's very unlikely that this is going to happen. You really have no other options. You try to give them more information to try to get them to see why you know that they're in a bad spot. And the more information you give them, the more that they just smile at you. And they say, yeah, you're right. But you know what? I know that God's there. I know God's going to take care of me. And they just have a peace about them. And if you've ever had someone in your life like that, now, isn't it true that when there's somebody in your life who has that kind of faith and you talk to them and you try to tell them all the bad things and they're still happy, that part of you is really annoyed at them? Like they're saying, oh, everything's going to be fine. And you're looking at them like, are you kidding me? Do you not know what it is that you're facing? Do you not know what it is that you're dealing with? And they just smile. And I think part of the reason that we're annoyed is because we wish that we could have that kind of faith. That we wish that we could have that same kind of trust. And we look at them and we think, man, I just wish I was dumb as you are. They believe all of these things. Because, you know, I'm educated or educated. I've traveled the world. I know what the real world is like. And you don't know all of the stuff that's out there that you're going to run into, all the stuff that's out there that's trying to get you. And if you knew all of those things, if you really thought about it, you wouldn't be smiling. You wouldn't be thinking, yeah, God's going to take care of that. So it annoys us when they do that. When you run into them and they're just happy all the time. And I think part of the reason that, they're so, that we get so annoyed at them is because we wish we were there. We wish that we could have that same kind of faith that that person has. That same kind of faith that's unshakable. That same kind of faith that no matter what they face, that that's what I believe in. And so that is, as we look through scripture, as, as we read through the entire story of God's interaction with people, what, one of the things that we see throughout Scripture is that that is exactly the place where God wants us to be. The mission of our church from the very beginning has been to meet people where they are and to lead them to where God wants them to be. And where God wants you and me to be is in a place where we have total and complete faith and trust and confidence in God. Amen. And so for, these, for this series... Uh, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about and kind of taking a deep dive into 
Five things that we've identified as things that God uses to grow your faith. Circumstances in your life, events that happen in your life, people that God brings into your life that God uses to grow our faith. So last week we started, we, we talked about that and, and we talked about the five things and, and the five things are this. And, and I'm going to go through this list, but I want you to know that there's nowhere in scripture where it says here are the five things. There's nowhere where it says here's the list and these are the things that you have to look out for. But through people who are much smarter than I am and who've done much more research on this than I have. But through their hard work, what we found out is that when we listen to the story of God's people, when we listen to the story of people who have placed their faith and trust in God, they all have one or more of these five things in common. And we listed these last week. The first one was practical teaching. And practical teaching is what we're going to talk about today. Uh, the second thing is providential relationships, this belief that God allows people to come into our life, that he, he kind of moves and nudges us and others along so that we have uh, opportunities to meet and interact with people throughout our lives. Uh, there's also private disciplines, things that we do in private that build us up. And then there's personal ministry, how we are involved in God's mission in the community and then finally, pivotal circumstances, how oftentimes the thing that increases our faith are circumstances that are life changing, that we don't plan, that we don't intend, but they just come up in our lives and truly make a difference. So as we look throughout scripture, that's what we see. We see God trying to increase our faith and trying to increase our trust in him for one purpose only. Because what he knows and what you and I have experienced in our own lives is that the best relationships happen between people who have faith and trust in each other. That that is the signature of a good relationship. And all of scripture is, is, God's, is a story of God trying to establish trust with us. That if you're a Christian, what you believe is that in the very beginning, man and God lost that connection. And that loss of connection didn't happen because of something that was done. It happened because man stopped trusting in God. And throughout the rest of scripture, it talks to us about how God has been trying to reconnect, to reestablish that trust with us. So no matter where you are in your walk, this is where God wants us to be. This is where God kind of takes us from. And these are the things that God uses to try to get us to have more and growing faith and trust in him. So today we're going to talk about practical teaching. And practical teaching is simply this. is that when you hear people tell their story, when you hear people tell about how it was that they made the decision to, to place their faith and trust in God and how their faith continued to grow, one of the things that you will hear them say is this. They, you'll hear them say something like this. Maybe if they grew up in the church and they had always, you know, grew up going to church, their parents forced them to go. They, they'll say something like this. You know, I grew up going to church every week. And I'd heard all of these things over and over again every week, but nothing really connected. And then one day, someone invited me to this Bible study. Or one day, somebody invited me to this church. And there was this guy, or there was this woman who was up there. There was, there was something up there. And all of a sudden, instead of just someone pushing out information, someone who just kept trying to get you to increase your knowledge, that there was someone who finally taught to application. Someone who said, it's not enough for you to know 
you have to actually do. And so one of the, what we're going to talk about today, and, and the big idea for us today is this. It's, it's not the knowing that makes the difference in your life. It's the doing. Because there are many people who know a lot about what's going on uh, in Scripture. There's many people who, who are well-versed from beginning to end. They know all of the nuances. They know all the definitions. They could read all of Scripture in the original language, and they don't believe in God. That they don't have faith or trust in God. It's an academic exercise to them. Knowing about God is completely different from trusting in God. In the same way that you can go online, and, and you know, in my day... I, I better not. Okay, hold on. In my day, you weren't able to go online and completely read the entire history of a person uh, before you went out and asked them on a date. In my day, you had to actually sit across from them or next to them and talk to them to find out, you know, where they went to school and, and what kind of pizza do they like and you know, all of the important things. School and pizza is pretty much, if you know what, what school they went to and what pizza they like, that pretty much settles whether or not you're going to be able to marry this person, right? That's how they did it in my time. But today, you pull up the, all these different apps and you can see everything about them. They answer questions about themselves. They tell you everything. And you can know all about a person, but still not have a relationship with them. And it's the same thing with God. That too many people, and I am one of those people who sat in rows just like you are today. Uh, I didn't have the opportunity to watch it live because in my day, there was no, you know, I mean, phones were actually for calling people. So it was a completely different time. But I sat and all I got was information. And the information came to me, but it didn't make a practical difference in my life. And this is a problem that especially occurs here in the West. Because here in the West, what we believe is and how you and I measure our spirituality is how often does the person go to church? Isn't it? How often are you in the building? And the more that you're in the building, the greater your spirituality is. In fact, there's, I, I have uh, several friends and they'll tell you that they go to church twice a week. And one of the things that they hear is, oh, well, when, when their friends hear that they go to church twice a week, you must be getting a double halo. You know, because you're going to church twice a week, right? Here, we me- that's what we measure. We measure how much do you hear. We measure attendance. But we don't measure how the attendance and what it is that you hear translates into how it is that you live your life. And so when we look at what Jesus taught, if we look in what we call today the New Testament and we read the story of Jesus and how he taught, he always taught to application. When we look at the story of the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, we read how he taught, and he taught to application. And what I mean by that is, is that when he taught, he gave you a little information, and then he said, now, now that you have that, this is what you do with it. Because it's not the knowing that makes the practical difference in your life. It's the doing. And so... Today we're going to look at an event, and Jesus was uh, wrapping up a message, and, and, and 
Um, and at the very end of this teaching, uh, he said something very, very profound. And it's one of the things that I teach on very often here at Grace Point. And so some of you have already heard this already. But I want you to kind of take yourself back a little bit and, and, and imagine that you are on the side of a mountain and you are listening to Jesus. And Jesus is at the base of the mountain and he's talking and there's thousands of people there. Now, this was an event that most people refer to as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's one of Jesus' most famous sermons. And he's talking to this group of people and he's teaching to application. He's teaching them how to apply the words that they had been hearing since childhood. Many of these people, especially the men who were sitting in this audience, they, from the very uh, moment that they could read, that they could uh, hear, that they could understand, they were taught to memorize scripture. And so they knew all of the information. And so Jesus wants to, to give them information, take that information, and now, listen, how do you put that into practice? How do I take this information that I've learned, that I've known my entire life, and I put that in where it's going to make a practical difference in my life? So here's Jesus, and he's talking to the crowd of people, and he says some weird things like this. He says, if, if someone asks you to go one mile, you go two miles. Right? And I see two guys up there, and, and the guy, they're, they're friends, and they're sitting next to each other, and the one guy is just like pushing him. Because he's like, listen, last week I asked you to go a mile and a half, and you wouldn't go, and here's Jesus saying you should have gone too. Right? Because they're hearing what Jesus is saying, and they're looking at their lives, and they're going, wait, wait, I get it. I thought that one mile was enough, and here's Jesus, and he's saying, no, 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 go too. Right? He says, listen, if somebody offends you, forgive them. And that's completely wrong. Why would you forgive them? They have to ask you for forgiveness first. They have to come and beg and grovel and say how sorry they were. Right? You can't just forgive someone. That's like letting them off the hook. So we don't do that. We don't want to do that. He says, lust is a sin. And there's some guys in the front row, right? Because they've been out partying last night. And they're listening to this. And they're thinking, well, no, no, you mean, you mean adultery is a sin. And, and Jesus says, no, 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 no. Lust is a sin. What you think and how you think about it, that is a sin. That gets you into trouble. He says, listen, I want you to give until you don't have anything left to give. And there's some guys in the back who are looking and they're going, uh, but what percentage exactly is that? Is it 10%? I mean, when you say that I've got to give, I get it. You're trying to extend this out. So what, what percentage should it be? And Jesus says, no, no, no. You don't understand. Whatever you have to give, give it. If someone is in need and they need your shirt, give them your shirt and your jacket too. He is giving them practical application of what it is that those words in what they called at that time, the Ten Commandments, what those words mean, he's saying, this is how you put it into practice. Now, let me tell you the problem that I've always had throughout my entire childhood, the problem that I had with the Sermon on the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount always, it, it was the, the one place where it stopped me from making the decision to become a real Christian. And this is why. When I read it and I hear, if, you, if, if, if you're asked to go one mile, go two I think to myself, man, if somebody asked me to go one mile, I would say, if you don't have a car, I'll maybe go 200 feet, but I ain't walking a mile with you, right? If someone says, if someone says, uh, it, you know, offend, if you get offended, forgive that person, 
What I say is, I'll forgive that person when they come to me and beg for forgiveness. But if they don't ask me for forgiveness, I'm not going to do it. Or when, they, when, when it would say, lust is a sin. Now, when you're a teenager, man, I don't know what else you're thinking about except lust. And so you're going around going, lust is a sin. And this is what I would think to myself. What I would think to myself is, if that's the standard, I'm never going to make it to heaven. So why try? Seriously, why try if that's the standard? If this is what I have got to do in order to not burn in hell, because this is what I was taught, if, you, if that's what I've got to do, well, then I better get me some good air conditioning because I'm pretty sure I know where I'm headed. <laughs> now, here's the difference. The Sermon on the Mount is not about heaven and hell. The Sermon on the Mount is not about this is how you get in good with God. The Sermon on the Mount is not about this is what you need to do in order to have God be on your side. In order to have favor with God. You see, because when Jesus was talking to the people who were on that mountainside, these were all Jewish people. And in Jesus' mind, he's talking to a group of people who already had God's favor. This wasn't a group of people who had to be converted. This was a group of people that already knew God, that already worshipped God, that already prayed to God. The Sermon on the Mount was not about heaven or hell. It was not about getting in good with God. The Sermon on the Mount was Jesus teaching to application. It was Jesus teaching and saying, listen, if you want God's word, if you want to see it make a practical, simple difference in your life, this is how you take his word and put it into practice. This is what you have to do for God and his faithfulness to come into contact with you and your faith. If you want to see a difference in the way that your life is here, not your life later on, somewhere down the road, let me calculate the number of days it's going to be until Jesus comes. Not then. I'm talking about your life today, your life this afternoon, your life when you leave this building. How is it going to make a practical difference? And Jesus is saying, I am teaching you. I am showing you. I am taking the knowledge and I am connecting it to the application. This is what you've got to do. And so he says, listen, if you're going to give, give as much as is needed to give. You know who are the people who give as much as is needed, regardless of how much is left over for them? They are the people who have complete faith and trust in God and know that no matter how much they give, God is there to replace it, to replenish it. You see what I'm saying? All of those things that Jesus was talking about on the Sermon on the Mount, they don't make sense to you unless you believe and have total faith and confidence that God is there, that he is a personal God who knows everything about you and that he is going to be with you through everything. And if you look at it from that perspective, if that is where you are, then everything that he says makes sense. What do I care about giving the guy my shirt and my jacket? I know that when I'm cold, God is going to provide. In the same way that this guy who needs the shirt and the jacket, God provided for him, he's going to provide for me too. So the entire Sermon on the Mount is God saying, this is how you take my word. This is how you take the information and you make it practical in your life. And if you listen to people's stories, 
If you listen to people's stories about how their faith grew, the, one of the things that you will hear them say is that they listened to a podcast somewhere, they watched a video somewhere, some of them, someone took them to a small group, they went to a church somewhere, and someone talked to them and explained to them not just the knowing, but explained to them what it is that you needed to do. And they did what needed to be done, and they saw a practical difference in their day-to-day lives. Now, I, I will tell you that I, that is not what I grew up with. I did not grow up in an environment where people taught to application. I grew up in an environment where information was the most valuable thing that you could have. Information was the key. So I sat in classes and I got information about who God was. But I never understood what it was that I was supposed to do with it. And so when people ask me, I tell them, I said, I, will t- I would tell them that when I grew up, when I was growing up, I was introduced to a cardboard cutout of Jesus. It wasn't really him. It was a one-dimensional picture of who he was that someone else drew and tried to make me believe that that's who he was. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s, <clears throat> just a couple years ago, <laughs> is I was in my 30s. And we, yes, thank you. And, and I was, and I was, uh, and I was at my church and, um, and we were living in Florida at the time and we got a new pastor and that pastor started teaching, not just information, but he said, okay, now that you've got this information, let me tell you how to put it into practice. And for the first time I was able to take the things that I understood and I was able to put them into use. I knew what to do with that information. It was practical for me. So here's Jesus, and he's preaching this message, the Sermon on the Mount. He's preaching to these people, and he's telling them all of these things. And some of them must be there, and they're nudging each other and slapping each other on the back of the head because, you know, these are stories that they've heard, and now they're putting it into this application, which to some of them doesn't make any sense. And Jesus wraps it up by saying this. He He says, anyone who listens to my teaching... And follows it. In other words, anyone who listens to all of these things that I'm saying and doesn't just sit on it, but who does what it says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. There's a song that I learned. I'm not going to sing it, but it's all about this verse. He says it's wise. It's like a person who builds a house On solid rock. Now listen to what he's saying. For us today. This is what Jesus is saying. Attendance doesn't matter. I'm grateful that you're here. And those of you who are watching us online are here. Because I really prefer. To not just stand here talking to nobody. But listen. Attendance does not matter. You can sit here. Week after week after week. Week after week. And it won't make a practical difference in your life. And I don't think that we get that. Especially if you have grown up in the church. Because this is what will happen. Something bad will come into your life. And what you're going to say is. God I don't understand. I go to church every week. How could you allow this to happen? See what Jesus is saying here is. Listen it doesn't matter if you go to church every week. It doesn't matter if you listen to everything. If you don't follow it. It's not going to make a difference in your life. 
He says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is like a person who builds a house on solid rock. And he says, though the rain comes in torrents, because we all know storms come, and the flood waters rise, and we all know what this is like, where it's creeping up on us, and no matter how hard we try, we can't stop it. And the winds beat against that house. Jesus says, it's not going to collapse because it's built on bedrock. And I love that, that word bedrock because it's not just a big stone that it's built on. It's built on the very base bottom, the part that does not move. And he goes on and he says this, and it says, He's still reminding us, he says, but anyone who hears my teaching, anyone who goes to church week after week, anyone who listens to the podcast, anyone who reads the books, anyone who watches the videos, anyone who listens to the music, anyone who hears it and doesn't obey it is foolish. You can come here every single week, but if you don't put it into practice, Jesus says, man, you're just being foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. And you don't have to be a contractor. You don't have to know anything about construction to know that sand moves. That sand shifts. That sand you can't control. And so Jesus says the same storms that come to the guy whose house is on the rock. That same storm comes. And it says when the rains and the floods and the winds. that came, Same one that came to the other guy. Beat against that house. It will collapse with a mighty crash. See, some of us come every week, we, we, we listen every week, we get all of the information, and we build our house without using the information that we get. And so we'll build our financial house, we'll build our relational house, we'll build our marriages, we'll build our families, we'll build our career house, our job house. On something other than God's word. Something other than what God has told us. Something other than Jesus' teachings that are practical to us. And the winds will come. And if that's what our houses are built on, built on, they are going to collapse. And Matthew, who's watching all this and recording all this, he looks at the crowd who are listening to Jesus. And it says, Matthew records this. He says, when Jesus had finished saying these things... The crowds were amazed at his teaching. They were amazed. They couldn't believe it. They were like, I don't know if you can see my face, but my face is a face of amazement. I'll do it one more time. (laughs) The crowds were amazed at his teaching. Now, you know why they were amazed at his teaching? For he taught with real authority. With real authority. Quite unlike their teachers of religious law. You see, the teachers of religious law were knowledge, knowledge, knowledge. Give me more information. Give me more information. And Jesus said, listen, you only need this much information. This is how you apply it. This is how you put it into practice. This is how it makes a complete and total difference in your life. And So like I was saying, I am grateful for... Um, the, the fact that God put me and my family into this place where we were able to hear practical teaching. Teaching that wasn't just about information, but that I left that building and I knew exactly what it was that I had to do. I knew exactly how it was that I needed to take God's word and put it into my life in a way that would make a difference in my life. 
And it's not always hard. It's not always easy to do that. And here at Grace Point, that is that is everything about our mission is that wherever you are in your walk, wherever your your relationship is with God, whether whether you and God are, are, are like tight like this or whether you've got one foot on one side and one foot on the other side and you still haven't been able to make that decision, wherever you are. That God wants to move you into a place where you have total faith and confidence and trust in him. And nothing would make me happier than for you to be sitting here right now and listening to me and reading those things. And you go home and you say, man, that guy does not know what the heck he's talking about. And you go and you get your Bible and you get yourself a big Bible so you make sure that all the words are in there. And you go and you read it and you try to figure out and see if you can prove me wrong. Man, if that's what all of you guys did today, I would be happy with that. Because that's what I want. You know, it, it's, if every, day that, every time that you come and you visit here and you leave and you feel good, I'm not doing my job. That's not the standard that Scripture tells us of what makes a good message. It, Luke was uh, talking about, the, Luke was one of Jesus' disciples, and he wrote about uh, this one time where Jesus was preaching. And he preached this sermon to a group of people in his inside church and he's preaching. And at the end of it, Luke tells us that this is what happened. He says, when they heard this, this Jesus is teaching, the people in the synagogue were furious. If every once in a while I don't get you to leave here furious, I'm not doing my job. If every once in a while you don't feel a little bit guilty, a, a little bit like I need to make a change, I, I need to do something different, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Here's the standard. When they heard this, when they heard that sermon, when they heard that message, the people in the synagogue were furious. In fact, it goes on and it says, jumping up, stay back, jumping up, they mobbed him. And forced him to the edge of the hill on which the town was built. They intended to push him over the cliff. Don't do that to me. We don't have a cliff. Fortunately, we're in South City. There are no cliffs. There's little tiny hills. What makes the difference in our lives is not how much information that we get. So don't fall into the trap of thinking that the more information that I can get into my system, the more faith I'm going to have. Now, I'm not saying that getting the information is bad. But what Jesus is telling us is that the difference comes when we take what we have and we make the decision that we are going to trust in God no matter what. You see, obedience in our children is exactly the same thing as obedience to our Heavenly Father. We ask our children to obey us even when they don't understand why they can't stick the key in the electric socket. They want to do it and it fits right in there. Why can't I put this thing in there? It makes sense to them. You take the key and you put it in the slot. Why can't I do the same thing? We want them to trust us even when we're asking them to do something that they don't understand because we know better. And we know that that's going to make a difference in their lives. And in the same way, Jesus is asking us to trust him. That there are things that he says to do. To give as much as you've got. To go the extra mile. To forgive 
even when no one asks. And even though they don't make sense to us, he's saying, listen, I want you to do that. Not because it makes sense, not because it works, but because it is the way that you show your trust in me. And when you show your trust in me, it builds your faith in me. And when your faithfulness, when your faith comes into contact with God's faithfulness, that is when you see the practical difference in your life. Thank you for joining us for this week's message. Grace Point Church is located in South San Francisco, California. For more information, look us up online at www.wearegracepoint.com.